An email list will be the biggest asset that you own as an entrepreneur. Mine is the number one way that I drive profits into my business. And I am teaching you exactly what to do in order to grow and serve yours. My signature course on email list building, the list to launch lab is now open for brand new students right now. Learn more at jennacutcher.com slash email. Now, if you are someone asking questions like, what do I say and when, and how do I grow an email list even if I don't have a website? And what if I'm no good at the tech stuff? Well, I've heard questions just like these for years. And in fact, I used to ask them myself, but I've got the answers and my email list has the receipts to prove it. Inside of the List to Launch Lab, you will get fluff-free content that you can take on the go and learn in whatever setting works best for you, swipe files and email templates so you're never stuck on what to say next, plug and play designed guides so that you can get your freebie done in no time, plus the strategies that give me thousands of new subscribers every single week. We also added a mini mastermind style bonus module featuring five next level lessons from some of the industry's best list builders, all included when you join. Let me hold your hand through the process and teach you everything you need to know so that you can finally get the email list building results and the business growth that you've been searching for. Join me inside at jennacutcher.com forward slash email before the doors close at midnight on May 22nd. That's jennacutcher.com forward slash email. I can't wait to see you inside. You don't have to sell anyone on anything. You have to listen to what they want and then just simply point out where your service can help them with all of those bits and pieces. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I see it all the time in my course support groups, in my Instagram DMs, in our email inbox. One of the biggest challenges to starting and growing a business is feeling confident in the most important part of the process, selling. Let me tell you, I've been in that boat before and it took some real intentional work to row that boat to shore and plant my feet firmly on the ground of confident sales. Katie Prince is an ethical copywriting expert and sales trainer. She's host of the Study Notes podcast and founder and CEO at the Squirm Free School of Business. Katie helps service-based entrepreneurs master the art of squirm-free selling so they can increase their revenue and their impact without feeling icky or weird or compromising who they are and what it is they stand for. Katie is on a mission to set a new standard within the coaching industry, free from pressure, shame, FOMO tactics, and gender-charged ickiness. If selling is your hangup, if sales makes you squirm, well, Katie's here for you. Ready for a lesson in selling that will change your mindset and level up your profit in the process? Let's dive in with Katie Prince. Since I joined the HubSpot Podcast Network, I've been introduced to so many new business podcasts, and I can't resist sharing the goodness with you. If you're a creative business owner or thinking about becoming one, you're going to want to start listening to the Being Boss podcast. 
Being boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be a boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or a side hustler. Emily Thompson explores topics that I know will be relevant to you because we talk about them here on Gold Digger too. She features episodes like Rituals for Creativity, Project Management, and Building Systems for Creatives and Freelancers, and Taking Time Off as a Business Owner, which is perfect because tis the season for some time off. Tune in to the Being Boss Podcast with Emily Thompson wherever you listen to podcasts. Katie, I have been a longtime admirer of you as a human being, but also of your work. And I am absolutely thrilled to talk about a topic that makes a lot of people squeamish on today's show. Are you ready for this? Jenna, I am so excited and I can't wait. Let's get stuck in. Amazing. So... I want to know, we're going to be talking about selling today, and I can just imagine if all of our listeners were filling up a stadium and you and I were standing side by side and we were like, everyone scream if you love selling, I feel like we might hear a pin drop. And so (laughs) I am absolutely thrilled to talk about your methods for selling and everything. But before we do that, I want to know more about your story, your entrepreneurial journey. Where did it begin? Did you always think that you would become an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. I did not (laughs) always think that I would become an entrepreneur. I have always been, I've existed in the world of selling and sales and marketing and small businesses. However, my journey into entrepreneurship was sudden and unplanned. (laughs) It was sudden and unplanned. So essentially, I was working in a sales and marketing job here in the UK when I met the chap who went on to become my husband. Mm -hmm. We met on Tinder, a modern love story. Love it. A few months later, I had agreed to move to Canada with him because he was moving abroad for work. And I thought, I'm not going to let this one get away. And very suddenly and without much forethought other than just excitement, I found myself in this brand new city where I didn't know anyone other than this lovely chap who I'd met a few months ago. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a network and I didn't really have any clue what I was going to do, which as you can imagine was a bit of a rude awakening. And so what I came to realize very quickly was that If I was going to figure out any of those things, I needed to just start meeting people, just needed to start meeting people. And that would help me find my footing. So I downloaded this app called Buns, like (laughs) B-U-N-Z, Buns. And it's kind of like Facebook Marketplace, except it's just trading. So no money changes hands. You just trade things. But of course, I just moved across the Atlantic Ocean. So I was not flush with things to trade. <laughs> and, and so I started baking cakes at home in our little basement apartment for the sole purpose of meeting up with people around the city and trading them for things that we needed for our new apartment to help us get settled. So I traded a cake for some houseplants. I traded a cake for a lamp. I traded a cake for a mirror. 
And if you can picture it, there's me just kind of figuring out my way around the city, going to all of these junctions and subway (laughs) stations. And the beautiful thing was it just helped me build massive confidence in getting to know my way around a new city. I was able to start speaking to people who knew the area and who did have contacts in the area. And I would ask them things like, oh, I'm looking to connect with the business community. Where should I go? And they told Mm. me about co-working spaces. I'd never heard of a co-working space before. I remember meeting up with someone at a subway station and saying, oh, I'd really love to go to a networking event. Do you know any? Is there some, is there an area of town I should go to? And they gave me some great advice. And so very quickly, even though it was a bit of a strange way in, I was able to start connecting with locals, getting used to talking about what I wanted to do and starting to find the resources. That's incredible. First off, I'm like, okay, Katie, what apps are you on these days? Because Tinder worked for you and Buns worked for you. (laughs) But I am blown away by this idea of figuring out how you could add value, even if it wasn't in the richest way or the way that made your soul come alive, like a lot of entrepreneurs story, but just getting your foot in the door so that you could start to ask those questions. So where did all of that lead you? Well, it led me to an amazing co-working space in Toronto, which was run for and by women called Make Lemonade. And it also led me to a few kind of really community-driven event spaces in downtown Toronto. And the first couple of times I stepped foot into these spaces, I didn't really know what I was bringing to the table. (laughs) And we'll talk about this in a sec, but it's kind of hard to sell something if you don't know what you're selling. Mm -hmm. But So what I did instead was I went in and I just talked to people. And I knew that these were the kinds of people that I wanted to be around. I love the energy of being in these spaces. And I thought if there is a way that I can be part of this, that I can integrate with this community, that I can offer something, that I can become known for something, I'm open to figuring out what that might be. So I just became that person who asked loads of questions and asked people what they did, what they were working on, what they were, you know, who they were here to connect with, what they were looking to get out of the event or out of their day in the co-working space. And I realized very quickly that a lot of business owners really struggled with writing copy, so writing sales copy especially, and selling their services. Everyone was there looking for clients. And I thought, aha, here's my opportunity. So how did you bridge this gap? Because I feel like you could walk into a room of any group of entrepreneurs and they would say those two things, right? I don't know how to talk about what I do and I don't know how to find people that need it. So how did you become that missing puzzle piece that everyone is looking for? And how did you have confidence that you could help them solve those two big problems? A hundred percent. So you're absolutely right. These are always the top two problems that I think business owners, especially solo business owners are going to have because nine times out of 10, you start a business because you love the thing that you offer, not because you love selling it. So people love being (laughs) a photographer or a designer or a copywriter or whatever it is. And then 
suddenly they're like the penny drops one day, doesn't it? Of, <laughs> oh, yes. I have to do all this other stuff too. And the accounting is one thing, but oh my gosh, the sales side of things, I was not prepared for this. So what I started doing was I started hosting free consultations with people and I would sit down with you know, the person I'd met, I set up a little, either a coffee in a coffee shop or a, like a virtual consultation over Zoom. We were doing Zoom before it was cool <laughs> and necessary. <laughs> and we would just get together for 30 or 40 minutes. They'd tell me all about what their problem was in more detail, what they wanted to, to happen instead. And then I would go away, I would scurry off into my basement apartment and I would make them a proposal and say, well, how does all of this sound? So in the early days, Jenna, I did pretty much anything and everything that I could get my hands on. I did a Kickstarter campaign for a bra company, which involved writing the script for the Kickstarter video, doing a social media campaign, doing a press release even. It was a real mishmash. I did event promotion for the co-working space that I ended up working from. I, I did anything and everything. And what was really great about that was it gave me, whilst it was difficult to go ahead and brief for all of these things, and it's definitely, we advise our clients now, sell one thing and get really good at selling it because selling mm. more than one thing is way overcomplicating it. But it gave me the opportunity to really get known within a short space of time because being that go-to person uh, and having testimonials like, oh yeah, she just came in and helped us totally figure out this email campaign or you know helped us figure out this Kickstarter campaign. When you're new somewhere and when you're unknown, I think a big mistake that people make sometimes is that they're too choosy earlier on and actually saying yes and over-delivering at the beginning will really pay dividends later down the line. How did you know how to do all of these things? Were these like unconscious competencies or were you just willing to figure it out? Because I'm like listening to this. I went to school for PR. Writing a press release is like an art form. So imagining that you're taking on the creative direction, the copy direction, the promotion direction. Was this just something that you were naturally good at or were you just paying attention close enough to figure it out as you went? A combination of both, I think. Okay. Pre-business, my career was based around sales and marketing. I hadn't gone to university, but I was able to blag my way into some great sort of footholds on the career ladder just by being really enthusiastic and showing people that I wanted it more than the other candidates. The first time I landed a real dream job. It was for a music festival and it was a marketing role. And I made them a, rather than just send in my CV, I made them a little eight page comic book using an app, actually using an app <laughs> on, <laughs> on my mum's iPad. This was in, yeah, 2011 on my mum's iPad because I did not have an iPad. And I made them an eight page comic book called The Amazing Adventures of Marketing Girl. And I got it printed at my local stationery shop and I mailed it to them in a jiffy bag. 
<laughs> I love it. But no, my my pre-business career was based around sales and marketing. So back in the day, I did cold calling for a training company. I worked as marketing manager for a music festival. I did sales training for a cafe chain. So the answer is yes, I figured it out as I went in all of those roles. And I figured it out because I loved figuring it out. And then I was able to bring that experience forward into my own business that just kind of came out of just an organic desire to want to work with people who were just starting out, who were building something out of nothing. There was something just really exciting and attractive about being part of that business community. I just realized like these are the people I want to help. And I can definitely take what I've learned in my career and apply it to this sector. I have to imagine that after having this experience where you're guiding people on the path and kind of taking on any bits of what you can help with where they have a need, you started to notice maybe trends or commonalities, or maybe you uncovered like your own system or a strategy or a blueprint. What did your business evolve into after doing all of these different jobs? Oh, I love this question because this is where it got really exciting because you're absolutely right. The same challenges were coming up again and again and again. And if I were to really, really simplify it down to two key things that every single business owner who I spent time with and worked with needed in those early days, their challenges came down to one of two problems, either they didn't have enough leads in their business or there was some kind of disconnect in the messaging. And I can literally sort almost, yeah, every single one of those early days challenges into those two buckets. And that became the framework that we built the first iterations of our signature program around. Nowadays, we run a high ticket group coaching program, which serves about 200, 250 clients every year. And it is essentially built around those two activities. If you have a steady stream of leads coming into your business and you have messaging that you can communicate in the three main ways that we teach people to communicate, so verbally, written, and presenter style, then you're golden, you're set. Because with, with the way that sales is traditionally taught, you know, you've heard all of the cliches of <laughs> always be closing and coffee yes. is for closers. And there's that aggressive energy to it that is really the thing that puts people off, I find. Knowing that it really comes down to these two things, there's words and numbers, leads and messaging. It's a huge sigh of relief and it simplifies what can feel like an overwhelming and complicated process when you're first learning to navigate it. I love this so much because I have admitted multiple times that, you know, I struggle with the idea of selling. I, you know, especially when people show up in service and I think so many passionate people, they just want to serve the world. They want to make that difference. 
And selling is this huge mindset block that a lot of people face and continue to face years into their business. So you kind of covered where you begin, but I want to know, like if selling feels uncomfortable for an entrepreneur, if they're listening right now and they're like, I love what I do. I just don't like selling the thing. Where do you have them begin? And then what is the step after that? Absolutely. So where we're going to begin is always by having an honest look at what's really going on. Because there's there's this big shift that I had to go through when I went from career to starting my own business. It was a very different experience. There is a mm-hmm. huge difference between here's this amazing product, here's this amazing event, here's this fantastic course that the company I work for has for sale versus me. Here's me and my expertise and my time for sale. It feels super different. And so what tends to happen is that entrepreneurs, and I wonder if this is true for your listeners, is they build up this sort of slightly emotionally driven narrative about themselves, which is very often self-critical. It's not very kind to themselves. And it might sound something like, I'm no good at selling, or I can never close new clients, or it's hard for me to enroll new clients into my business. And what we aim to do with people, the very first thing is to clear away all of that sort of emotional, sticky, I'm no good at this feeling by actually looking at the numbers and addressing like, what are the facts about what's going on? So we use a tool with our clients called a sales and marketing tracker, and it tracks the top five most important statistics in your business as it relates to sales. And actually at the end, I'll give your listeners a link so that they can go and grab a copy of that for free. And so what they're able to do is actually get an honest, impartial look at here are the facts about what's going on with my sales right now. So here's my conversion rate. Here's the truth about the number of leads that I'm really connecting with. Here's the value of my average sale. And Getting to know these numbers is a really empowering experience because what a lot of our clients are able to see very quickly is there's a massive discrepancy between the facts, the numbers, and the feelings that I'm no good at this. So that's definitely the first part is looking at the numbers, learning to not to hide from them, but to really look forward to tracking them, to using them as information that you might choose to use to be like, oh, okay, I think there's room for improvement in my conversion rates. What can I do to better address objections in the seven days after I've had a sales conversation with someone? For example, the second thing we want to do is work on that messaging. And I get to sort of add like a part B to work on your messaging. These two go hand in hand is work on your listening skills. Because your job as a salesperson representing your business, even if that means representing just you right now, is to really listen and understand everything that is going on in your ideal client's life, in their business, in their relationship, in their family, whatever part of your life you help them with, 
you want to have that understanding of what their problems are, what their goals are, what their ideas are, what their roadblocks are, what their distractions are, what their hesitations are, what their huge vision is. And then your job is to process all of that information, assimilate it, and then connect the dots for them between what they want, all of those things that we just ran through, and then the features and benefits of the service you offer. You don't have to sell anyone on anything. You have to listen to what they want and then just simply point out where your service can help them with all of those bits and pieces. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. All right. So you might have heard me talk about CRM platforms in the past and wondered, what the heck does that acronym even mean? A CRM is a customer relationship management platform. It takes any customer interaction like a sale from your website or clicking onto your weekly newsletter and it transforms that data into valuable insights. Insights like when do my customers shop and do my emails really get opened more on a Monday? A HubSpot CRM platform is ready to help connect the dots between your business and your customers like never before. HubSpot is consistently working to make its products more connected than ever. Improved forecasting tools give you a bird's eye view of your entire pipeline to see what's around the corner. You can see how your quarter is going, inspect new deals, and use customizable data-driven reports to improve team performance as you grow. With custom behavioral events, you can get into the details of what makes your customers tick. You can track site behavior and understand your customers' buying habits all within the platform. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help connect the dots of your business at HubSpot.com. I've noticed a trend, and it's something that I think you are just exceptional at, which speaks to why you are so great at what you do, is that throughout your entire journey, you've listened to people instead of spoken at them. You know, when you were trading cakes, you were asking for recommendations and you listened. When you showed up at the co-working space, even though you didn't have much value to offer at the time, you listened and it's allowed you to create offers that are irresistible. 
how would this type of idea work in terms of scale? I can see it working one-on-one, you know, if you're doing one-on-one phone consults or things like that. But what would it look like if you were trying to sell to a larger group of people without having the bandwidth to have those personalized conversations? Absolutely. And listening is so, so underrated and so important. And it's one of the it's one of the reasons why that sort of old way of doing things, the always be closing way of doing things, it doesn't work. <laughs> because if you're always focusing on closing, like how will you be able to listen? You're going to miss out on so much. You're going to miss so many nuances and so many opportunities to, yeah, to understand better what people are feeling. And the beautiful thing is, when you've had those one-on-one conversations, you can absolutely take what you've learned in those one-on-one conversations and scale them up, as you're saying. So for example, a sales page, the way that we write our sales pages and the way we teach our clients to write their sales pages is actually very, very similar to how we teach them to structure a sales consultation. It takes the reader through the exact same process. However, rather than them filling in the gaps verbally, you are sort of mind reading in your sales copy and you're writing, here's what's going on for you right now by using all of that information that you've learned from listening to people throughout those earlier days of your business. Of course, that's not to say that you can't accrue more information all of the time in a group setting. You absolutely can. We love to do surveys. We love to do pop quizzes on our Instagram from time to time just to get a better understanding of, okay, well, what is it? Not only what is it that people are struggling with right now, or what is it that people want more than anything else right now as it relates to growing their business, but also what is the language that they are using to describe it? Mm, So for example, it might be, oh, we might be sat around in our, you know, as a team in our office going, oh, everyone wants help writing their sales copy. However, when we put it out to our audience on a little pop quiz on Instagram stories, they might, the words they might use to fill in that little question box might be, I'm not sure what to put on my sales page, or I need help writing emails. And whilst it's going to be the same deliverable, we're going to join the dots between what they want and what we have using different language. And that is the power of listening. I think that's so powerful. And even to this day, I think it's something that we need to constantly be in the practice of is really looking at the way people speak about things. I just had a conversation with a company. They wanted me to talk about their product and they sent over all of this jargon. And I was like, I don't understand what this means or why it's of benefit to anyone. And they were so fixated on the features of their product that they weren't focused on how it actually served the customer. And it was just such a reminder of like, so often as creators, we get so caught up in the creation itself that we forget how it serves, what the end result can be, how it can guide someone on this journey and experience. And as I was talking to this company, I was like, wait, I got to check myself. Like we get fixated on such weird things as creators that we kind of tune our ears to go off when people are telling us exactly what they want or need. So I just, I love this reminder. I think it's so powerful, Katie. 
the thing is there is like a flip side to it and what I don't want people to do is to like dampen down that excitement on nerding out on your own stuff because there is a lot to be said for being so excited about what it is that you do for people so excited about the services you sell that you know, sometimes it does come out as jargon the first time because that energy behind it is just expelling the words from your mouth. However, what can be really helpful, some questions that your listeners can ask themselves if they're finding themselves kind of stuck in feature land and they want to better communicate the benefits is they can actually take a couple of steps in order to develop that messaging. So sort of the old school way is, okay, what's the feature? What's the benefit? that can be kind of hard to come up with. But if we start with the feature or the fact, so what is one thing that is true about the service that I offer? For example, let's say that you are a mindset coach and you do a weekly one-hour Zoom call. That's a fact. That's a feature. That's something that's true. The first question you want to ask is, why do I include that in the package? Why do I include that for you in this package? The answer to that question might be so that we get to check in regularly. Okay, great. And when we check in regularly, what benefit does that give my client? Checking in regularly means that we can make progress towards your goals incrementally. And then the final question we want to ask is, and when we get that benefit, so in this case, when we check in and work towards your goals incrementally, what is the long lasting, long term benefit that continues to deliver value long after our work together is over? So in this case, it might be that you achieve something you achieve the goal that you set out to achieve for the very first time and you're forever changed or you build massive confidence or you build a sense of self-trust knowing that you can reach your goals no matter what. And so by asking these little stepping stone questions, it helps you go from 60-minute Zoom call to building massive confidence and self-trust. Mm, that's a beautiful example. That's so powerful too. I think a lot of times we don't stop or we need to continue asking why, why does this matter? How does this impact? And I love how you continue to kind of tie the dots. I want to know what are your thoughts on the difference between emotional buyers and logical buyers? I think it's something that we don't think about often enough because we tend to appeal to the one that we are, whether we're more emotional, we buy on the fly, or we're more logical, we do all of our research and we make sure we feel confident in our decision before pulling the trigger. What are your thoughts when it comes to that? And how can our selling appeal to both camps? Oh, I love this question. And I'm going to rein in my inner nerdery somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't rein it in too much, (laughs) Katie. But you're absolutely right. Different people buy in different ways. And I'm laughing because something that we hear from our clients so often is, do I really need to write one of those great big long sales pages? Mm -hmm. And you can pretty much guarantee that if someone's asking that, that they are an emotional buyer. They buy based on feeling. And we say, no, no, you don't. You don't have to. However, (laughs) you probably are going to be missing out on all of those incredible people who do read into the details, who the criteria are what motivate them to buy. And when you're 
it comes down to listing again. So when you're having either a conversation with someone, of course, when you're doing this one-on-one, it's so much easier because very quickly you're going to tune in to, okay, what are they most interested in? And if you're listening to the questions that they're asking you, so, oh, and and how do your clients tend to feel at the end of working with you? And what's the vibe in the group like? Then you're like, oh, okay, I think I'm speaking to someone who, you know, is emotionally motivated right now. And you can then speak to to that need. Oh, there's an amazing community. You're going to get that real feeling of warmth and encouragement and support. And you can really lean into showcasing the benefits that are going to meet their needs, their emotional needs. However, if someone's asking you very sort of specific criteria-based questions like, and what's the start date? And how many PDFs do, do I get? And will you be able to review my work for me every single week? And, you know, they're asking those kind of very specific questions, then you can pretty much guarantee that they're going to be a criteria motivated buyer. And so you can really support them by talking a bit less and sending them a written copy of what it is that you're selling. So whether that's a written proposal with some really clear bullet points of everything laid out, whether that is redirecting them to a sales page, a criteria-driven buyer is likely to need more time to make their decision as well. That's something worth noting. And yeah, make sure that they have all of the information they need to make a fully informed decision themselves. If you try and rush that type of buyer, then you will lose them for sure. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough, but I found a solution tailored just for you. 
LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think that's so powerful. And you've touched on some of the old adages that we've all heard, you know, always be closing and all of those things. What do you think about the way that a lot of us were taught to sell? Like, what can we leave behind so that we can embrace some new ways? Oh, most of it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Most of it, I think. I think if selling is something that feels uncomfortable for an entrepreneur or for a salesperson on your team, if you're an entrepreneur who has salespeople on your team, if there is some residual discomfort, it's probably coming from a really valid place. It's probably coming from a past experience. It's probably coming from, you know, a situation where you felt rushed or you felt pressured or you felt that you didn't have everything you needed in order to make that decision. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that and just kind of give yourself a little bit of grace. No one waltzes out of the womb going, I love selling. It's <laughs> it's something that we learn to love and that we learn to appreciate. But if selling feels really uncomfortable, I think one of the first things that, I mean, there's so much to cover, but a few tips to kind of start shifting how you feel. I think the first thing to remember is that the people you're speaking to are people first. They are yeah. people before they are a lead or a prospect for your business. And people have really busy, complex lives that you know very little about. And I feel like this is such an important thing to 
remember during the sales process because so often we come up with these reasons for, oh, well, they they probably haven't got back to me because they're really annoyed that I reached out mm. or I can't follow up with that person because I'll be annoying them or they'll think I'm hassling them or I don't want to resend them a copy of that proposal because I already sent it once and they might be cross or they might think I'm this fill in the blank, right? But the reality is people have busy, complicated lives. We all have families. We have things going on. We have health issues we're navigating. We have a supercomputer that is in the palm of our hand most of the time (laughs) that pings constantly and distracts us. We have money challenges. We have all of these things going on in our lives. And I promise you that person who hasn't got back to you, they are not walking around spending their day thinking, oh, how dare they follow up with me? They're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that that person took the time to float this back to the top of my inbox because otherwise I would have forgotten about it. So remember that people are people first, they're busy and they are not spending lots of time and energy thinking about what an awful person you are for following through and following up. (laughs) I know. I feel like sometimes too, I'm sure you've learned this and, and you know this throughout the processes you know, when we're launching something or we're putting something new out into the world, we feel like we're shouting it from the rooftops, but only a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of people are even aware of what's going on. And I've had even like best friends who I talk to almost on a daily basis be like, oh yeah, my launch is closing. And I'm like, what launch? And like, I follow them. I'm on their email list. I'm, you know, and it's like, wow, like there's so much noise these days. And so I think it's a beautiful reminder to be consistent and to follow up. It's nothing personal. You've just got other stuff, right? And You know, something else that your listeners can do to start shifting that feeling of squirminess, as we call it, or ickiness or (laughs) discomfort, whatever you want to call it, is paired with remembering that people are people, is to regularly refresh consent throughout the sales process. So let me tell you what I mean by that. So if you think about an icky sales situation that you've been in in the past, If you think about a pushy sales situation, nine times out of 10, it's because someone was trying to push you further than you were ready to go. And what we can do as salespeople representing our businesses, representing our services, is we can refresh consent. We can check in throughout the sales process so nice and regularly. So let me give you some examples. So let's say someone has responded to an Instagram story that you put up saying, you know, DM me if you want some help with this. I might reply to them, reply to their DM and say, hey, thanks so much for sharing that you're interested. Would you be happy for me to send across a bit more information? So I'm very gently just refreshing consent. So I'm Mm -hmm. asking, is this still okay for me to send you some stuff rather than just firing off three links and being like, (laughs) here is everything. Let me know if you have any questions. 
if I'm hosting a one-on-one sales conversation, I might at the beginning of, in fact, I might, I absolutely 100% always will. <laughs> and we teach our clients to too. But at the beginning of that sales conversation, I'm going to say to them, great. So we've got about 40 minutes to have a lovely chat today. I'm going to get to know your business and we're going to talk about what's keeping you stuck right now, what kind of goals you're working towards. And towards the end of the call, I'm going to walk you through the services we currently offer. Is that okay with you? And I'm going to get a yes. And then later on in the conversation, as we've kind of you know, as I've done my listening, as I've learned, as I've gathered information about what's going on in that person's life right now, I'm going to then transition the conversation into the sales part of the conversation. And I'm going to say, great. So based on everything you've shared, I do have a recommendation that I think could potentially be a great fit. Do you have a few moments for me to talk you through that now? And I'm going to get another yes before I just go, okay, right. I've got the perfect thing. Here it is. Here it is. This is perfect for you. Because taking those few seconds just to pause and check in, be like, are you still happy to be having this conversation? It slows the sales process down and it ensures that you are really taking care of the person, not just the sale. That is so powerful. I think that's beautiful and respectful. And I also think too, it really just helps set expectations. It almost sets you up for success and confidence so that you don't feel weird when you switch gears. You know what I mean? Big time. Cause that transition from, okay, we're talking or maybe, you know, maybe if you're doing this in a group setting, one of the biggest awkward moments I find is on webinars. People tell me like, okay, I'm presenting on a webinar and now it's time for me to shift out of my five steps towards or five tips for whatever and shift into sales mode. And it is, it can feel really jarring. So this is totally applicable when you're presenting as well. You can say, all righty. So just to recap, these are the five tips that we've run through today. One, two, three, four, five. And can I get a quick show of virtual hands in the chat right now, just type the letter Y for a yes to let me know that you're excited to stick around and hear about the next steps if this is something that you choose to follow along with us or, you know, keep us with you on your journey. And you can wait, just wait a few moments for those yeses to pop up in the chat. And it not only does it build genuine anticipation and excitement for the people who are saying yes, but also it spurs you on as a presenter because so often, especially if you're presenting virtually or if you're selling virtually, you're not getting much back, are you, in terms of feedback? You're just talking at a webcam. (laughs) And so knowing that there are real people on the other end who are there, who are listening, who are excited by what you've got to share next is, yeah, really encouraging for you as a presenter too. I love that. We even take that a step further on all of our webinars and like five slides in, we walk through how the webinar is going to go. And then we even share what we're selling early on and the price point and where people can go to get more information in one slide so that by the time we get back to selling, they're already aware that there was something for sale, but we've done our best to 
earn the right to even get to that point by giving value up front. Because I feel like so many people sit on a webinar and the whole time you're just wondering, how much is it going to cost? What are they going to sell me? Am I even qualified for this? And so I think it is, you know, there are things where it's like people would say never do that, but it's like, it actually feels a lot better for myself and for anyone attending. And I would rather risk lowering conversion rates, but gaining trust. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love that you do that. That's absolutely brilliant. And you're right because otherwise it kind of feels like you're holding people captive, doesn't it? I remember being eight years old and being on holiday with my nan and we got sort of sucked into one of those timeshare meetings and they literally wouldn't let us leave until the pitch was finished. And that is not how we want to make people feel right before we ask them to work with us. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Katie, this has been so valuable, so tactical. People can literally take action off of what you taught today. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can everybody find you, connect with you, get a hold of that freebie with the checklist? Give me all the things. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jenna. This has been a real privilege. So thank you for letting me share my sales passion with the Gold Digger listeners. And yes, you can absolutely come and find me online. We are Squirm Free School of Business pretty much everywhere. And we've collated a lovely landing page with all of our freebies, all of our links in one place for you, which is squamfreeschoolofbusiness.com forward slash podcast. You could also find me personally on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook. It's Katie Prince is my handle. Send me a DM and let me know what you're going to implement from today's episode. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is amazing. And I just can't wait for people to show up with more confidence to offer their gifts and the value they create to the world and to know that they are not only solving problems, but that they're listening to their customers' needs and showing up to serve them. So thank you so much. Here's to that. That was like a mini workshop in selling. And I don't know about you, but I was taking notes. That was such a powerful, powerful episode led by Katie, just sharing all that she's learned and and the way that she approaches selling. And I don't know about you, but it feels refreshing. It feels like I can take a deep breath that I can do this, that you can do this, that we can do this. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I cannot wait to hear what your biggest takeaway was. If you have a moment, hop on to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast. Let us know. Make sure you thank Katie for her brilliant expertise and her beautiful accent. I could listen to it all day. And of course, Gold Diggers, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 
Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.